Welcome to the Wildcast, back again, episode 16. Now, I know we were going to do power forward rankings today, and I also know that it's Saturday, not Friday, and I swear I plan to upload on Friday. I swear Saturday is not the upload day, it is Friday. And also, instead of doing power forwards today, we will be doing a uh, in-depth of the biggest trade in... 10 years, 20 years almost maybe. This is a gigantic trade. It means a lot for the league. It means a lot for the players in it. And honestly, it's very interesting too because we really don't know where this can go. This can go a couple other a couple different ways and um it's one of the biggest trades impact-wise I think we've had in a very very long time. Um we're of course I'm sure anybody who is into the NBA or even maybe not in the NBA and just maybe follows like NBA on Twitter or Instagram saw that Damian Lillard, the man who has been at Portland for, what, 11 years, um, finally gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks and he finally gets his chance to compete for a championship. Now, of course, this trade had more than Damian Lillard. Obviously, you need to give up a lot to get Damian Lillard. And I think that for all the teams involved, even not just the Bucks, this trade is a win, right? Um, we'll go through it for every single team. I'll go really in-depth because I honestly think that this is one of the most impactful trades that we've had in two decades almost. This is a huge trade. Um, of course, the Bucks they received Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers, and they gave up a 2029 first-round pick. Uh, two first-round pick swaps in 2028 and 2030. They gave up Grayson Allen as well, and of course they gave up Drew Holiday. Um, now, it's a lot to give up, right? And those picks, it's, it's weird picks, right? Because if you look at 2028, 2029, 2030, we don't even know who is in those draft classes, right? Those guys are in... That's six years away, almost seven years away. Those guys are just entering high school. We don't even know who's in that class, right? So those draft picks in NBA years are so far down the line. And this uh, this uh, duo in this core could very well be broken up by then. And these picks could end up being like... <laughs> these could end up being first lottery picks for all we know because who knows how long these, these two will stay together. But in my personal opinion, if you win championships because of it, it doesn't really matter, right? If this trade pays off with even one championship, right, it's a W in my books because you achieved the ultimate goal, right? You did what you needed to achieve the goal, and that's a championship. Um, as for Grayson Allen, it's, of course, just a nice role player loss, Um it's, I don't really think it's going to mean a whole lot because they have players that can fill that position. They have Pat Connington. Um, they have Marjan Bochamp, who I'm interested to see if he can take a step. Um, they have a couple other guys that can probably take that position and take control over there. And I really just don't think Grayson Allen's a huge loss and one that they're going to hang their heads over. Um, as for Drew Holiday, I have heard that this is... This is the piece that a lot of people didn't want to give up, and a lot of people are sad to see Drew Holiday go. Um, 
And, of course, the argument is, well, this team was top three in defense the last how many years with Drew. I don't think that they can continue. Not me personally, but there's obviously people who think that they can't continue the success um, with, like, the defensive success without Drew Holiday. Um, And, of course, it's not going to be the same, right? That front court, uh, that front court defending is going to go because Damian Lillard is not anywhere near the, um, not anywhere near the defender that Drew Holiday is. That's clear and obvious to everyone. Um, but you still have Giannis, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, Brooke Lopez, who was averaging three blocks at some point during the season. Like these guys can still play defense, and. Of course, they don't have Boonholzer anymore, which was uh, another guy who like pushed their defense to another level because of his uh, coaching style. They now have Adrian Griffin, which really nobody knows how he's going to coach. Um, it's I, I I feel like this team can still play elite level defense. I can still I still think they can be a top five, top seven defense in the league, even without Drew Holiday, right? Because it's as simple as playing everybody off the line, right? If you just run everybody off the line, your paint protection between Giannis and Brooke Lopez, and even Bobby Portis said sometimes, your paint protection is elite. And if you just run everybody off the line, you're still going to have those defensive stops. Obviously, it's going to be more of a struggle, and you're not going to be as good. And you don't have that ball stopper anymore, right? You don't have that guy to look to to just say, hey, go guard this guy and make his night a living hell right it's you don't have that guy anymore um however instead of that you now get probably the second best offensive point guard in the league like realistically it's him and Steph Curry because this Damian Lillard we all know what he can do right this guy has been absolutely incredible um not just not just scoring wise, right? Because he's one of the best shooters in this league, the one of the best shooters of all time, even. Um, and it's really the amount of floor spacing he's going to bring, right? Because that's that's really what this Bucks team has been, this however many years. It's been give Giannis the ball, um, surround him with a bunch of guys that can shoot, and it's drive and kick. That's how they won a championship, right? Um, of course, Drew Holiday is also a guy that can. You know, give him the ball, and you can tell him to get a bucket, and he'll he can score, right? I'm not going to take that away from Drew Holiday. He's still a good scorer, but Damian Lillard is just on another level, man, right? Because you have, if you think about it, you have Damian Lillard, a guy that can shoot from anywhere on the court, literally anywhere. If he wanted to shoot from behind half court, he can, right? Um, and then you have Giannis who can score over anybody, dunk over anybody. And if you put those two together in a pick and roll, that just sounds deadly, right? We don't even need to see it. We know that's going to be crazy because there's honestly no answer, right? We all know how a pick and roll works. The screen comes. You go over the screen. He drives, makes a dish even. Giannis has the need to. You go under the screen. Damian Lillard pulls right in your eye. You ice the screen. Damian Lillard pulls right in your eye. Or Giannis gets a dunk. It's it's a pick and roll that, honestly, might work every single time. I guarantee you that if they took a game this season, which they obviously won't, but if they took a game and ran a Damian Lillard and Giannis pick and roll for every single offensive possession, I believe they would score 95% of the time. And that 5% is just from Dame missing the three, maybe. Um, <laughs> I just think that 
the offensive threat that these two bring um, is going to be well worth the uh, defensive give up. You may have given up uh, a Drew Holiday stopping a guy from getting 10 more points than Damian Lillard would, but now Damian Lillard's going to score 20 more than Drew Holiday, right? It's it's a trade-off that they're willing to make. It's a trade-off that I think was a smart one. Um, <laughs> a little voice crack there. And I think the Bucks front office made a great decision, in my personal opinion. Um, also, we are going to be doing um, playoff predictions in a couple weeks after we get done with rankings. And I think this has changed everything. I think the Bucks are no doubt one or two on the list right now. And the only reason I say one or two is because you still have the Denver Nuggets who made no changes except the loss, Bruce Brown, who just won the championship. So they very well could just go back and win the championship. But I think this puts the Bucks as the favorite, if not the second favorite, right? If we take a, like, if we take a look at their, their full roster right now, you got Giannis, you got uh, Dame, you have Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, Marjan Bochamp. They have Malik Beasley, who's also a good shooter that they can bring off the bench now. Pat Connaughton, uh, Jay Crowder's there, Goran Dragic, uh, Myers Leonard, uh, and a bunch of other guys that I don't think their names really need to be said. But this, on paper, looks like such an this looks like an easy championship run for them. If they don't if they don't win the finals, they make the finals, and it's. It's almost guaranteed at this point. I don't think anybody in the East can mess with this team whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just – although you did give up Drew Holiday, which was a huge part, um, you had to you had to give something, right? And if it wasn't Drew, it was Chris. And in my opinion, I would rather keep Chris over Drew just because I know Drew said multiple times that he's going to retire after this contract year. Um, we don't know how long Chris Middleton has left. And Chris Middleton is just one of those guys who fits in really any situation just because of the type of player he is. can get a bucket whenever you need. He can play off the ball, can play on the ball, right? He Down the stretch, he'll get the ball sometimes, maybe. It probably will go to Damian Lillard 99% of the time. But Chris Middleton, I think, can fit in any system. And I think that's why they kept him over Drew. Or maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't choose, really. Maybe the Blazers wanted Drew because they thought he had more value. Who knows? Personally, I think that keeping Chris instead of Drew was the right decision. Um, you give up the defense for more offense. And I don't really think the Bucks need more defense, if, if I'm being serious. That's what they needed in the playoffs. They needed more offense. They couldn't beat the Heat because they had no answers offensively. But, of course, there's more to this trade than just the Bucks. And at the beginning, I said that I think this is a win for every single team on this uh, who, who was involved um moving on to the next team which would be the phoenix suns who i really don't even know how they got thrown in the mix i think they were just looking for a salary dump like these teams were looking for a salary dump the suns were getting were looking to get rid of deandre ayton and of course that's who they did lose they lost deandre ayton uh, and they lost uh tumani kamara who i've never seen play an nba game in my life Never even seen his name in my life, if I'm being honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to look him up right now because I don't think he's ever played an NBA game, has he? Tumani Kamara. I've, I've, 
seriously, I've never heard heard of this guy in my life, which is kind of crazy. And if I've also seen that, it's very common. There's a lot of people who have never heard of this guy. I've heard uh, nicknames of <laughs> too many cameras. That's his name nickname. Yeah, he has not played a single NBA game in his career. He doesn't even have a picture on Basketball Reference. That's funny. But, yeah, so DeAndre Ayton and Tumani Kamara, they lost, um, which in the Suns' sense is really not that big of a loss considering they gained uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. I love this move for the Suns. DeAndre Ayton was always a bad fit in Phoenix, right? He was always the type of guy that wanted his touches, wanted to play by himself, give me the ball in the post, and I'll score on my guy every single time. Um, the Suns didn't want to play that way. They had Chris Paul. They have Devin Booker. Oh, they have Kevin Durant now who uh, were all just guys that were give me the ball and I'll, I'll score or give me the ball on a pick and roll and I'll pull up or let's run an action for this guy, right? The action was never for DeAndre Ayton. The play was never for DeAndre Ayton. And the pick and rolls, honestly, was not what DeAndre Ayton specialized in. Um it's just he was a guy that was great at basketball, and I think in Portland he will have a lot of success. I'm very excited to see him in that jersey and see what he can do. Um, but it just the fit was never really there. And uh, obviously Yusuf Nurkic is not as good as a player as DeAndre Ayton. We all know that. I think that's textbook knowledge. But the fit is uh, the the fit is there, right? This is the kind of sun, this is the kind of center that the Suns wanted. They wanted just a guy to rim run. They wanted a guy to set screens, and they wanted a guy to rim protect. And I think Yusuf Nurkic checks all those box boxes. And honestly, DeAndre Ayton probably checked those boxes as a better player. He checked those boxes, but he was better at it. He just didn't want to do that role, right? Um, Yusuf, of course, uh, had thirty turned thirteen points, nine rebounds, and three assists last season on fifty two percent shooting. Um, he had where's the stat at? I know okay, a block a game and a steal a game. Um but yeah, it's just the the fit that the Suns really wanted. They wanted a center who was really more passive. They didn't want DeAndre Hayden who wanted the ball every time. And really let's be honest, DeAndre Hayden wasn't happy there. He was looking for a way to get out. In the uh I saw a post right away when DeAndre got into uh Portland and saw his locker he said I feel like I just got drafted again right that's that's this is a guy that got drafted in 2018 and I feel like I just got drafted again after five years he did not enjoy his time in Phoenix whatsoever he he looked just way happier in Portland it was crazy um but to go more in on the Suns this just fills out their roster more right because when they made the Kevin Durant trade and then they made the Bradley Beal trade, this team looked thin, right? There just wasn't much there. It was your top five guys. And then, I mean, top five guys meant Josh Akogi was in that mix, right? Because he was their starting three or projected starting three. And they've done a nice job, I think, at filling out this roster and not giving up a whole lot, right? They're not tearing apart their roster to get better. Um, Grayson Allen's going to come in, right? I think he could honestly, I would like to see him in the starting lineup. If you ran a lineup of uh, Brad, Grayson, D-Book, Durant, and Nurkic, I think that that lineup would look very good. Um, 
Keon Johnson. I don't. We haven't seen much of Keon Johnson. Um, we know he's a good player, but of course Portland has had that uh, had that uh, guard spot kind of clogged. Um, in the forty, he played forty games last season. Obviously, four points with rebound and assist. But I think in a situation where he can actually maybe get some minutes and play with these guys who are elite as Devin Booker and uh, Kevin Durant are and Bradley Beal, that he can get a lot more chances maybe. And I think that he'll be actually not a bad player. Nazir Little um, is a very good defender, right? Um, I don't really know what else to say about him really because that's really all he was. And I think this – Bottom line, what I think of this trade is they gave up a guy who was kind of a cancer in the locker room, and they got back four guys who are all going to play good roles to this team. Um, we're, we'll have to see um, who they end up cutting because the Suns do have too many players on the roster. So I don't know who they're going to end up cutting. Um, it might honestly be Keon Johnson or Nazir Little. I could see both of them getting cut, but regardless – I think the Suns have had a great offseason, and what they had, I think they turned it into something that um, gives them a good chance of competing, right? Because if, when I think, going back to this uh, playoff picture, that episode we're going to do, um, I think the Suns are up there top four, top five. I think the Bucks are one, maybe the Nuggets are two, and the Suns are probably three, honestly, on paper, if we're looking on paper. Now, of course, that might change because I haven't made the video yet, so don't uh, go expecting that that's going to be what I actually have. But I think this gives the Suns just a new look, and I think this gives uh, Booker and Durant a lot more freedom because they don't have to worry about Aiden anymore, and I think Yusuf Nurkic will fit into this team almost perfectly, and I'm excited to see what they do. Um, Which brings us to the final team. Now, it's weird because I think a lot of people – think that this was a poor trade for the Blazers. Um, obviously, you give up probably your best player in franchise history, right? It's him and Clyde Drexler. I mean, there's not much competition. It's Damian Lillard. He's up there. Probably the best player in your franchise history. And all you got back was DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, Drew Holiday, and three picks. Now, I th- obviously, there's everybody speculating that Drew Holiday is going to get moved to his next team. Um, everybody's speculating that Tumani Kamara is not going to play a single minute. Um, but it's, it's different. I think, I think that this means a lot for the Blazers personally. I think that, um, this means that they're, they're done with Dame. They're done doing the whole, we're going to try to get one more guy for you, Dame. We're going to do it. Give us one more year. They've been giving them one more year for the last four years. Right. And I think this finally means that they're going in a new direction. And I'm, I want to say personally that I am so proud of the Blazers for not giving in to the Miami Heat because Pat Riley, from what the sources says, was just had an ego, right? He was just egoing everybody, and he wouldn't move his deal. He wouldn't make anything uh, different and just said, this is my package. Give me Dame. I'm not changing anything about it. And the Blazers did not like his package. And so they did not trade him to him, and I'm insanely proud because I thought I thought for sure that they would crumble and Dame would be in a Heat jersey. Um, but yeah, I think this is 
a stepping stone for the Blazers, not because of what they got, was, but because of the new direction that they're headed. I think that um, their new guard core with uh, Scoot, with uh, Anthony, with Shaden, I think these guys can be exciting if you put DeAndre next to him. And not to mention, if they don't trade Drew Holiday, he's probably one of the best guys that can be a mentor in the entire league. I don't know how many guys that I would want to be a mentor to my young guards than Drew Holiday. I think this team is very fun to watch. And honestly, I'm going to, I, I might watch a couple of Blazers games because I want to see how this team runs. They just have a bunch of young guys. They have DeAndre Ayton, who's rejuvenated right now. Um, and they have Drew Holiday, who's going to play his heart out. We know who Drew Holiday is. He's going to give his all no matter what team he's on. And it's it's going to be exciting basketball. And I'm excited to watch this team. And honestly, the team isn't even that bad. If Scoot Henderson has a great rookie season like we think he's going to have, if Anthony Simons keeps the level of play that he had last season and improves on it even, he can be incredible. Anthony Simons was spectacular last season. Um, if we see Shaden Sharp in a bigger role at the three, right, he can be incredible. Drew Holiday's going to st- still be there at the two to provide their defense that uh, their young guys are probably lacking a little bit. You have Jeremy Grant who just got paid. Um who's going to want to prove that he's worth that contract. Uh, and then you have DeAndre Ayton, who is kind of a more experienced player at this point, right? He has some uh, – he has final minutes under his belt. He has playoffs minutes under his belt. He's got a, a lot of experience for how young he is. And uh, I think that this team can just be fun to watch. And I think they honestly could have a lot more success than some people think. And – they're going to be running under the radar all season. I, I personally would not be surprised to see this team in the playoffs. If if Drew Holiday stayed on this team throughout the year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the playoffs. Even if they are in the West, and that's so the West is so deep. The West runs 11 teams deep that could make the playoffs. But I, I, I really like the look of this Blazers team personally. I just I like how it looks. Obviously, we'll have to see on paper how it runs. And... I I think this that everybody is overreacting. Like, sure, you gave up Damian Lillard. You gave up your franchise's best player. But you were stuck in a rut because of him. You were stuck in this situation where we were squeaking in the playoffs every year as a six seed, as a four seed, as a five seed. And we weren't doing anything, getting bounced in the first round. Maybe we won a series and got to the second round. And we we're constantly trying to find guys to support Dame and get him to that next step. But we never found it because it's Portland. It's not a big market. Nobody's going to want to go there. So I think the biggest thing isn't the players that you got. It's the steps that you took in the right direction. And it's a new direction that they're taking. And I'm really excited for the Blazers. Um, there's a fourth team I want to talk about right now to end the show off because this team had a real opportunity. Um, It's the Miami Heat who, of course, made the finals last year. Pat Riley came out and said that they think they can make another run. They think they can do it again with the same exact roster. I don't think that's true at all, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. that I don't think they can make another run. They lost too much. They don't have enough. Their guys are just getting older, right? Um, Kyle Lowry ain't going to be the same. Kevin Love ain't going to be the same. 
Jimmy Butler still might be there, obviously. Bam's probably going to get better. Tyler Hero's going to come back. But you had this opportunity of getting a top 10 player, top 8 player in basketball. And honestly, if I was a Heat fan, I'd be pissed. It's as simple as that. If my general manager goes into this with the thought of that he is so much better than everyone that he doesn't have to listen to their offers, right? From what I'm hearing from the sources that I'm reading, Pat Riley made an offer and he didn't move on this offer, right? That's ridiculous. This team on paper, you have to obviously say in the press that you think you can make another run. This team cannot make another run. They were the they were in the play in last year. They barely made the playoffs. Obviously, they made a finals run, which was incredible, but they barely made the playoffs. They might even not get a chance to make another finals run because they'll be they won't even be in the play in picture. This team, I think, this is a giant missed opportunity. Now, obviously, Portland didn't value um, Tyler Hero as much, and the package they got was probably more valuable to them. But I, I just, I think this is a giant missed opportunity from the Heat, and I think they're gonna, they're gonna struggle this next season. I'm a Heat fan. I'm not happy about this because my GM just had too much of an ego. To, to make this trade for a top eight player, top ten player in the league. And, yeah, I, I think bottom line, they don't have enough. Jimmy, of course, went on what was – he just made a post on Instagram or something like that saying you gotta, you have to investigate the Bucks for tampering. But who knows? It might just, might just be a match made in heaven for them. I think the Heat should have been way more aggressive because if I look at this Heat team with Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler – and Bam out of bio, that's a team that I think could win the NBA championship. That's a team I think I can make I, I can see making the finals. But as this Heat team is right now, they are not beating the Bucks, who just got Damian Lillard, who went all in on this, who were willing to take the risk, who are willing to make their star player happy, right? And that's another thing for the Bucks, which makes it such a great trade for them. Giannis was threatening to leave. Right, he said every single time you put a camera in front of his face, what was he saying? I, I'm okay with going to another team if it means I'm going to win. You had to make a move. They had to make a move, and they made the best move possible. The best move possible, one that the Heat should have made in a second. But Pat Riley had too much of an ego to make the deal happen. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on probably one of the biggest trades in the last two decades. Um, we will get back on track next Friday. We will go back to uh, top 10 rankings where we be power forwards. And we will be talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo, the new, cap, the, the new team to be the favorites of the NBA Finals. Let's, let's, let's call it that. So, yes, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Wildcast. And I apologize again that we are on Saturday instead of Friday. Um, we will get back to Friday. I promise. We're not doing this every single Saturday. It's going to be Fridays. Um, so, yes, thank you for listening, and peace.